Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for your big book study. My name is Larry Kay and I'm a recovered uh, compulsive overeater from Chicago. Today is Wednesday, February 7, 2024. Uh, today we're reading from the big book. We're currently, well, we're in Bill's story. We're on page number one and we are on the fourth paragraph, which begins 22 and a veteran of foreign wars. Um, all the way through the end, it ends with with the utmost assurance. And Nancy's going to comment on the one paragraph. Uh, today's readers, we have Sherry S. on the 12 steps. We have uh, Maura G. on the 12 traditions. And the readers of the text are Nancy P. and Vanessa G. Let me give you the share ID for, uh, for yesterday, Tuesday, February 6th for the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting, that number is 21,103. That's 21103. The 10 a.m. meeting, 10 a.m. Eastern uh, Standard Time meeting, 21,104. That's 21104. The OA pre-ramble, here we go. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating, we welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. We neither solicit nor accept outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. So our, our sole purpose, the OA's fifth tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose. And that purpose is to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. And at a vision for you big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So at this point, let me ask uh, Sherry S. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning, Sherry. Good morning, Larry. This is Sherry S. from Deerfield Beach, Florida. One. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives have become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to take care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to be of service. Thank you, 
Sherry, thanks so much for, for doing that service. And um, and now I'm going to ask uh, Maura Z. Maura, call me Maura G. <laughs> Maura Z is going to step up and, uh, to do the uh, 12 traditions this morning. Good morning, Maura. Good morning, Larry. Twelve Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. I pass. Thanks, Maura. Appreciate that. Okay, here's how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. So what we do is we read a paragraph or two from the literature, then we stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we, we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature that we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. So I'll, I'll give you a, a little notice if we go over. Uh, singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year. For readers, it's six months, and there is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read, and we are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. If you'd like to share, uh, what you're gonna do is you're gonna press star one to unmute. Uh, once you're done sharing, let us know by saying, I'm done sharing or pass or something like that. Then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we are, we're in a resume our study in the big book. We're in Bill's story. We're on page number one. Uh, Nancy's gonna read the, uh, the fourth paragraph. It, it starts 22 and a veteran of foreign wars. It ends with uh, with the utmost assurance. I'm just going to comment on that one paragraph only. So let me now pass it over to Nancy P. to, to start us off this morning. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, everybody. Nancy P. recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. 22 and a veteran of foreign wars. I went home at last. 
I fancied myself a leader, for had not the men of my battery given me a special token of appreciation? My talent for leadership, I imagined, would place me at the head of vast enterprises which I would manage with the utmost assurance. So, I mean, I always smile when I read this. And sorry, Sponsies, it's the same deal that I went over with you when we went through this paragraph. This is the definition of what ails me. I wanted to start at the end, not at the beginning. My whole life was, imagine when X would be. You know, imagine when I went to college. Imagine when I graduated. Imagine when I got married, got a job, you know, became successful, rich, thin, and beautiful. <clears throat> and, um, you know, that's not how life works. And, um, you know, Bill, <laughs> I love this, had not the men of his um, battery given him a special token of appreciation, which probably was a note that said to Bill, always ready with a quick joke and a drink, best the guys. I mean, it wasn't the Congressional Medal of Honor, the Purple Heart, Battlefield Valor or whatever medals they give you for bravery. It wasn't that. And me, myself, I was 22, 42 years ago and um, newly employed in my first salary job. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, you know, I had I had gotten a special token um, of acknowledgement, not appreciation, Highway Menace in my high school yearbook because I got in a car accident every weekend for two months and I totaled each of my parents' cars twice. And they finally said, you can't drive anymore. That was my second token of appreciation from my parents. Um, and when it came to my eating, I was up and down, up and down. I thought I was special because I had such longevity in the program. I've been in since 1971, an active member, and it got me nowhere and nothing because I put into it, I, put, I got out of it what I put into it, which was nothing except jealousy, resentment, anger, and complaining and moaning about all my fellows. Um, and you know, my experience gave me nothing. Big ego, low self-esteem, just like Bill. Did we act like Bill acted? Did we eat like Bill drank? Did we think like Bill thought? Yes, yes, and yes. And, you know, when I finally surrendered, um, I skipped the knee part, and I just went did a face, a face plant right in the mud. That's what I had to do. If getting on my knees would have worked for me, I would have cut my legs off at the knees to be held accountable, not held accountable, but I needed to be stopped and there was no brick wall that could stop me until my poor girl started cutting and burning herself and then I learned the meaning of powerlessness putting bacitracin on her own self-inflicted wounds while she stared at me as I cried and um, you know today she's happy and healthy she's a senior second semester senior in college I can't believe it she's applying to jobs getting interviews Un unbelievable I thought I was gonna I thought she was gonna die I thought I was gonna die I thought my whole life was going to end. It was so painful. And today, you know, once I surrender, you know, I embraced who I was, who I am. And um, I'm agnostic. I'm out and proud about it. Anybody who has questions about that can call me. They do. And, you know, I have my five things that I got out of this program. I don't hurt myself with food under any circumstances. I help people. I um, comprehend the word serenity, and I know peace. There was one other one I always forget, but that's what it is. You know, I'm happy, joyous, and free. That's the one. I don't hurt myself with food. I comprehend the word serenity, and I know peace. Um, and all of that is for everybody. And, and as much as you want, as much as you can handle, more than there's more than enough for everybody on the line to have everything that you want. You get everything that you want, um, and it's it's just so amazing. My life couldn't be couldn't be better. 
even when it's terrible, which I just had an incident that was kind of icky and made me feel bad. But um, I talked about it with a fellow and with my sponsor, and it's now in the in the rearview mirror. And um, I'm always going to need remedial help with my feelings. I'm always going to need to discuss them. I don't skip down this road of happy destiny. I slog and trudge the same as everybody else. But um, my life is open and free today, and um, there's no problem that can't that isn't answered by these steps. And with that, I'll pass. Hey, Nancy, thanks so much for getting us started. Uh, much appreciated. Um, okay, so we're going to transition to uh, <coughs> shares. And um, although we, we, we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others may, may uh, jump in as well. So if you shared on Monday or Tuesday of this week, you know, we respectfully ask you to kind of step back if you would. And so with that, we're, uh, if you just fell out of bed, don't worry. Um, we're on page one in Bill's story. Nancy read the fourth paragraph, just that one paragraph only, uh, 22 and a veteran of foreign war. So give me your first name and last initial and we'll get, we'll get going this morning. Who'd like to share? Rick uh, Rivka. E. Rivka R. Rick, Rick, Rivka. Who else? Jackie, I got Rick, Ripka, and Jackie. Anybody else? Nancy C. Cheryl G. from North Carolina. Nancy and Cheryl. Cynthia C. from Florida. Cynthia. Carmela D. Carmela. Okay, we got you in the mix there. Anybody else? That's a good start. Okay, so uh, if you guys would come on, I probably know most of your last initials because I didn't write, write it down, but if you would just give your last initials as well when you share so people can find you. Um, and if you are not Rick, um, please mute your phone. And Rick, why don't you get us started? Good morning. Hi, good morning. This is Rick. Can I be heard? You can, Rick. What's your last initial? E. E is an Edward. Terrific. Yeah. Thanks so much. So the paragraph... It's Bill would be at the head of Bass Enterprises, and he would manage them with the utmost assurance. It seems to me from this paragraph that Bill was his own higher power and that he did not have the humility at this point to recover, which changes throughout the chapter. So I think that the ego that Bill had kept him from being away from God. And his suffering brought him to God and gave him the necessary humility to be able to recover. And I think the closer you get to the God, the closer you get to God, the further away you get from the food or your addiction of no choice. And this is how he could begin to recover. And with this, I pass. Thank you. Oh, great. Thanks so much, Rick. Okay, next up we have Rivka, followed by Jackie. Rivka, good morning. Hi, good morning, Larry. Um, thanks so much for your service. This is Rivka R., uh, gratefully recovered in Baltimore. Um, I'm a little confused because yesterday we stopped at pot, and today we start to, started at 22, so we 
seem to have missed out on ominous warning, which I failed to heed. Um, so I'm just just mentioning that that's um, that's a really important uh, mm -hmm. sentence there. Um, but about this paragraph, I will say that, um, like, uh, you know, as a teenager, I had I had tremendous dreams of all the the wonderful things I would do and accomplish if I was thin. <laughs> um, but because I could could not heed the you know the the ominous warning um, of of my mother, which was not to be fat, um, I just you know even though being fat was like the most worst most terrific thing I could think of being and because it, it made me feel completely worthless um i i just i couldn't do it i mean my my mother it was always saying to me may she, she rest in peace from the time i was four years old and and i'm uh i'm 69 now so she would always say your eyes are bigger than your stomach and you know when she saw the amount of food that i would take and i had no clue what she meant because my stomach seemed to match my eyes <laughs> like um the more I saw, the more I, I would eat. And I, you know, I, she would take food off my plate and say, you, know, you don't need that. And I heard, you are unlovable and unwanted if you're fat. So my solution, and besides endless dieting, which started at age nine, was, was to hide and binge in secret. Um, and I couldn't heed, you know, uh, that ominous warning because I, I could only remember what food did for me. I could never remember what food did to me, even though... I was horrified and filled with shame that I was pudgy. Like, even though when I got older, I would I would post lists of how horrible I felt in my cabinets, and even though I made endless resolutions, like this time I'm going to get that weight off and I'm going to keep it off forever. But I couldn't heed it, that ominous warning because what food did for me was so glorious. Like one of our fellows mentioned the Wizard of Oz and yeah, when the world went from black and white to technicolor, and that, that was me. Like, while I was chewing something yummy, like, the world would burst into color. Boredom was relieved. Shame. Loneliness. It helped me balance my checkbook and study for a test. It made life fun and exciting, and it made me feel alive and made me forget my feeling of self-loathing and failure, even though yeah, it led to feelings of self-loathing and failure. Like, how could I give that up? How could I? It was my best friend. It was I could always trust and rely that food was going to be there. So the problem was that, that my life does not work out very well, you know, when I'm giving my will and my life over to the care of food. And that's the miracle of these steps and, and learning to trust and have a relationship and reliance on God today, that food can take its natural place in my life as fuel for this magnificent body that God created and the ominous warning today is not about being fat. It's about not doing a 10-step if I'm in a resentment. It's about not being in alignment with God's will for, for me today. I just, I just wanted to reminder. Okay, yeah. so I'm going to stop there that I'm, I'm so thankful that I can live in that place where I can choose today. So um, let's see the blessing of life and not the curse. Um, and thanks, I'll pass. Thanks, Rivka. Yeah, I, I, I thought we read that yesterday, but I could be wrong. I'm the poster child for confused, believe me. So, <laughs> but anyway, um, okay. Next up, we have uh, Jackie, followed by Nancy. Jackie, good morning. Good morning. Um, this is Jackie D from Foxborough, Massachusetts. Um, I'm a compulsive overeater. 
and I am recovered, um, maintaining abstinence and a relationship with my higher power called God. I'd like to thank the initial speaker, Nancy, for speaking. It was wonderful to hear you. And I will comment on this first paragraph that we read today. And, you know, you t- it talks about, like, accolades. Like, I know for me, like, this um, disease is all about my self-esteem and my ego, right? So it's skewed. My self-esteem is low. My ego is high. So, you know, when people give me accolades, like, I – I relish that stuff. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, thank you so much. It's almost like that defines me or it did define me, right? So, or if somebody else gets an accolade, I'm like, no, it needs to come to me. Like, so this is how my brain thinks, right? So thankfully, I have um, this because I'm an alcoholic, I'm an overeater, right? And so what I do is um, to get rid of that, that stinking thinking, right, wanting to be the best is I pray and I do 10 steps and I ask a power greater than myself to remove these character defects of mine, my ego, my low self-esteem. The other thing that I could identify too with uh, the initial speaker is that, you know, um, this too shall pass. I got that out of that share. Like I too have had some challenges with my son, my family members. And like I went through a bad period and I was able to, realize that this is going to pass when you're in it sometimes it feels like it's not going to but if you have the fellowship and your higher power with you you know anything's possible you can get through anything you know it doesn't render us happy joyous and free just because we're in here we have to do the work so anyway i just wanted to claim my seat and everybody have a wonderful day thank you so much thanks jackie okay next up we have nancy followed by cheryl good morning nancy Good morning, Larry. Good morning, family. My name is Nancy C. I'm gratefully recovered this morning in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And what a great meeting. What a great, great shares. It's just been wonderful. Um, you know, reading Bill's story the first couple of times, I was like, ugh, I can't identify. It's a guy. He goes to war. I didn't do any of that stuff. Um, man, but his ego, I finally understand going through this the last time in the vision meetings. Um, what an ego I have and what an ego I, Bill had that I can finally understand. Um, when I look at, um, I, I fancy myself a leader. The first time that I got an accolade for something, I rested on my laurels, right? It made my self-esteem, I felt like I was somebody. And I lived on that. I thrived on that. And when I felt I wasn't worthy of it, I ate and that would make it all right. And then I would go back and fancy myself a leader again and maybe get another accolade and rest on those laurels. And then I just pushed God over. Man, I was God. Who, who needed God? Because I had arrived. You know, we're going to say that in the next paragraph. But I didn't need God, and there's my spiritual malady. Resting on my laurels, it says we can't do that once we get recovered because we have to keep working, working, working to make sure that we belong and we are the best that we can be in God's world today. I was the best I was in my own world, which didn't get me anywhere except for to eat more, to hide how insecure I was in thinking I should have those accolades and be at the top of my thing. I got a piece of paper saying it took good jokes and you, you know, took us to nice bars. That's probably the accolades that I got that I rested on. Today I know going through this book 
that my ego cannot get in the way of God. When it does, I ease God out, just like it says. I really have to go to the source and ask for his care and protection to be able to do what he wants and get all my accolades from him. The exterior stuff doesn't matter. Tell you what, I'm lying because to me it still matters and I have to work on that and do a lot of 10 steps all the time. But when I can let that feeling that God come into my soul and that spiritual malady is just a little bit healed, my God, my life is so big and my, and my God is just so much bigger. And with that, I pass. Hey, thanks you, Michigan Wolverine, Nancy. Okay, um, <laughs> next, <laughs> next up we have Cheryl followed by Cynthia. Good morning, Cheryl. Good morning. Hi, my name is Cheryl G. I'm from North Carolina. Thank you for letting me share. Can you hear me okay? I can. can you? You're coming through loud and clear. You bet. Great. So I really like this paragraph as well. And um, one of the things I will say is I've always been a dreamer. I've always imagined different things that could take place in my life and different things that I wanted to do. Um, the problem was I lived too much in the dream and not in a reality. Um, I do believe that I was created in my higher powers image. So I was created to be a person that can um, achieve things, but only in his will. And the problem is, is when I'm in the food, it just doesn't work. Um, um, my will gets distorted because it's not aligned with my higher power's will. And that's when anything that I might dream about achieving will not be able to come to fruition. Um, there are a couple of things that I have been able to imagine and bring into reality, and that's been awesome. But recently what brought me back to OA was the fact that I did have a huge dream that I wanted to achieve, but thank God, because of my higher power, I was able to realize that this dream of mine was not going to go anywhere unless I dealt with my food issues, which brought me back to OA. And now I'm working the steps with a sponsor, and um, I had to put that plan on hold. But now that I'm working my steps, uh, st the steps with my sponsor, I'm beginning to come out of the, um, the fantasy stage and into the reality stage, I can see how that dream could work, but only if it's my higher power's will. So I thank for that. Thank you for letting me share. And I pass. Uh, thanks so much, Cheryl. Okay, next up we have Cynthia followed by Carmela. Good morning, Cynthia. It's your turn. Good morning, everybody. Um, DSC from Ocala, Florida. Thank you, Larry, for your service, and thank you for everybody who spoke before who by, um, by giving service to all of us when we can relate to each other's experiences. What a gift that is, and I so related to everybody's share this morning. Um, you know, this, this paragraph reminds me of how much I do relate to Bill. You know, I, I'm not a male. But um, and I wasn't in a foreign war. I was in the military. Um, but I, you know, I fancied myself a leader. And, you know, I was by by trade. Um, I was a leader in my career. But, you know, a lot of it was in my imagination. I love that they talk about I fancied myself a leader. You know, I fancied myself much bigger than I actually was. Um, and I also imagined I would play, you know, my talent for leadership, I imagined 
would place me at the head of vast enterprises. You know, I lived in fantasy land. I lived in a fantasy world. Somebody just said, you know, the same thing that I lived more in um, fantasy or dreamland um, than reality. And that has been my experience. You know, yeah, I have gifts and I've not used them um, appropriately, you know, especially when I'm in the food because the food is, you know, my, my first drug of choice or no choice, however you want to look at it. You know, the thing that blocks me the most from my higher power is my abnormal relationship with food. Um, and when those foods are in my body, I, I just cannot see the difference between the real and the false at all. You know, so only by having those down and continuing to work the steps, I can't just have the food down and not work the steps. And this, you know, paragraph really instills how much humility it takes and, you know, I don't have a whole lot of humility. And that came up in my um, prayer time this morning was that is what, you know, I pray for. I'm praying for now is increase humility so that I can do God's will and not my will, you know, uh, and especially in my home where, you know, my husband said something and I realized how arrogant I think I, I think I know better than anything that comes out of his mouth. And, you know, that's pure arrogance. That's not humility. That's not what God would want for any, any relationship. Right. So, and I wouldn't appreciate it if it were, you know, thrown back at me. So, you know, um, I am a humble servant and a humble, you know, fellow who's very happy to be trudging this road with all of you. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks, Cynthia. Hey, Carmela, before we go to you, let me just um, say we're going to take some names after this. And just to let people know, we uh, are commenting on page one in Bill's story, the fourth paragraph, starts uh, 22 and a veteran of foreign wars. Um, Carmela, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Larry. Thank you so much. And thank you, everyone on the line, whether you're going to share or not, just for being here. I am Carmela G, a gratefully recovered for today, compulsive overeater, only through the power of my higher power that I call God. And um, I fancied myself, Bill's ego, because he fancied himself, kept him drunk for years. My ego, which was quite conflicted, kept me because I thought I was God. In disease, I fancied myself a leader and my career and my education and the talents that God had given me allowed me to be a leader. And my personality, my ego was somewhat conflicted because as a leader, I thought that no one would notice because I was wearing nice outer clothing and had a beautiful manicure that I weighed over 300 pounds. I figured too bad if they don't like it. And that was my ego and my ego and my thought that I was equivalent to God kept me in a state of conflict 
Because if you didn't give me the accolades and and the special approval and acknowledge my leadership, when I was alone, my heart would be broken and I would be conflicted. And I was in denial. And it took almost losing my life and realizing that I wanted to live and allowing, even though I was a woman of faith my entire life, allowing God in and today having a magnificent relationship and listening to directions from God through prayer and meditation. And it was this program and working these steps that got me to where I am today. And it took over six decades of my acting like Bill and behaving like Bill. And now in my seventh decade, soon to be my eighth decade of life, I realize that I can only get this power from a higher power. And Carmela has very little to do with it, except she must do the work and connect every day with God, who I call my higher power. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks, Carmela. Okay, you guys, if if you're scared like me, to share. Um, yeah, do it anyway. <laughs> so who else would like to share what was read? Russ, Julie E.B. Russ, Julie, I heard. Stu's from New Jersey. Jenna. Who's that from New Jersey? Stu's, S-U-Z-E. Hi. <laughs> Got it, Stu. It's great. Who else? Carol D. from Nevada. Hmm, I missed that. Sarah V from Nevada. Okay, I'm gonna put some Nevada. And Rena. Darian K. And Darian. Sherry S. Uh Sherry. I wrote down a Sherry before, so this if there's another one, then we got two Sherry's. So here's what I heard. I heard I heard Russ. I heard Julie, Suze. Then I heard a, a Sherry. I heard someone from Nevada, Don't, not your fault, mine. I just couldn't hear the rest of it, but you know who you are. I heard Rena, Darian, and then I heard either the same Sherry or another Sherry. So let's go with that, and then we'll see where we're at. And let's start with the money guy here. Hey, Russ, good morning, followed by Julie. What's up, Russ? I, I don't know. You might have called the wrong guy if it was about money. Russ, <laughs> <laughs> money. Good morning, everybody. Thanks, brother. Uh, uh, Russ M., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Norristown, PA. Um, you know, that we're killing this, right? Fancied himself a leader. And, and I just go back to throughout my life, how the, the massive ego, which I, you know, I covered with, with false humility and how oh, I'm this good guy. And, you know, I could, these the delusions of grandeur that I'm going to be this, uh, Whatever, you know, this great doctor, and I'm going to have this massive practice, and, you know, I'm going to get what I want out of life and not really care about others, and and uh, then when that didn't go well, 
the mind started kicking up, and that hamster was running on that treadmill, and I couldn't quell it, and I start getting a hit from the food, which was my pattern my whole life. And it's just funny how pride and ego, for me, stoked this thing. And guess what? I'm not out of the woods. I still have it. You know, I, I have to, you know, as a father, I'm called to be a leader with my children, right? Mm-hmm. I see how the, these, these uh, young adults act. They're pretty rough, you know? And then I'm ready to lash out, and I want to knock their block off, right? But that's not how, you know, I'm supposed to be the leader of the family and help out. I'm still a blithering idiot when it comes to it. And if I don't, if I don't use 10 steps, I don't use humility and actually really just shut my mouth. I still have that pride. I still battle that pride out of the food, you know, working this program, trying to live this way of life. I still am fighting. And guess what? If I don't do what I'm supposed to be doing, I'm going to still I'm going to turn back to that arrogant bastard, excuse my language, arrogant person, and I'm going to be dying because I'll be getting a hit. And it might not be from food, but it could be from something else, and it's going to destroy me again. And that fancied himself leader, that's all hooey, man. I want to be regular. I want to be a regular dude that could deal with his children, deal with the people in front of me without acting like a baby, without acting out, without being a maniac, and not having to turn to get a hit to numb myself because life ain't going my way. And that's that's all predicated on 10, 11, and 12 and trusting God, which is, some for me, the knucklehead that I am, it's difficult. But I got to do it. I have no other options. So love you guys. Have a great day and laugh. Thanks a lot, bro. Oh, you bet. Thanks, Russ. Okay, we got Julie up next, followed by Suze. Julie, good morning. Hi, this is Julie E.B., uh, gratefully recovered in Colorado. Uh, grateful today for seven years, um, one day at a time. And uh, thanks to OA and to this whole meeting vision for you. I'm just so grateful because I was not 22, but I was 42 and I was dying. I was over 300 pounds and I may have uh, fancied myself uh, a leader, uh, but the truth is I I couldn't get out of bed. Uh, And if you're listening today and thinking, what do you mean I fancy myself a leader? I feel like a totally worthless. I feel um, like I'm nothing. Uh, That's how I felt too. You know, the uh, dreams and ideas I had of who I was was uh, at war with how I felt inside, that I wasn't enough, uh, that everyone would find out. And um, I had heard some words of praise from work or from relationship or from other things in my life. Um, And uh, those external things only kept me um, more uncertain inside. Um, But no, if they really knew the real me. Um, And so... um, you know, I was bedbound with seven medical specialists. I was dying um, 12 years ago um, today. And uh, through working the steps, to a sponsor who said, hey, just put down some food, be willing to do more and more as things come up more and more, and let's read this one word at a time, one page at a time, one sentence at a time. Um, I thought, what difference could this make? This builds some 
um, old white dude. What does he have to say about my life? But the truth is, um, these things really spoke to me. Uh, the loneliness, uh, the death that I would face, whether it was from the food uh, or from the wars. So I guess that's the last thing I want to comment on. You know, um, this book says that we have to cease fighting anyone and anything. I was always at war within myself, within my relationships, uh, within other people, in my profession, and in trying to strive for the next best thing. Um, and so um, I, I do have a lot of talents, and gratefully I can work them today, but all the time, um, the reason that I can um, is because uh, I've heard that ominous warning. I've heard um, that I lack power, and I found a power greater than myself that tells me I am enough. Even on my worst days, God can use that. My higher power can use that. And today, I'm a growing, unfolding child of the universe. And I'm just still growing. And thank you for growing with me. And I'll pass. <laughs> Thanks, Julia. I'm laughing because I heard old white doing and I thought Harlan. Okay, good morning. <laughs> good morning, Suze. Uh, next, uh, Suze followed by uh, Sherry. Good morning, Suze. See what happens when I make fun of my dear friend Harlan. Suze, press star one. There we go. Hey, you are. <laughs> Hi, this is Spirit. Thank you so much. Thank you for your service. Um, I, I really appreciate everyone's humility, and that's something I never really learned. I thought I did, and certainly going through school, those were in the years when there was corporal punishment. I thought I knew what humility was, um, kneeling, facing blackboards and things like that, but that's part of my story. Um, I thought that I was supposed to be the savior of the world. <laughs> and um, I thought um, there's that great saying of as much is given, much is expected or something like that. And I always took that very much to heart. Um, I can talk about my family. Um, certainly there's a lot, a lot of gold to mine there, so to speak. Uh, society, um, the times, I'm 69 years old. Um, like someone else on the call today. and um, But it was my responsibility to live a spiritual life, to live a sane life. Uh, and I never learned how. Um, again, I can say, oh, I didn't have got the chance. I had the chance. I just, you know, people wouldn't <clears throat> be friends with me sometimes. And that didn't give me a clue as to how nuts I was. But, um, and that whole leadership thing and that whole I'm going to rise to the top and that whole I'm going to be rich and famous. I was supposed to be a big opera singer. Uh, and my parents gave me a lot of, of, of advantages and things. Certainly singing lessons are very expensive and that sort of thing. And they they gave me a lot of, of love and they gave me a lot of uh, really massaging my ego in some ways, there was a lot that they gave me that I didn't need. No child does. But being that it is, um, and it wasn't until now that I realized what a big head I had. And still do. <laughs> I think I'm an expert. I think I can understand everything in the world. That that I don't think I may ever lose. But 
<clears throat> which is something to be said. But um, recently, I listened to a special edition, Sherry, I'm sorry, Sh- Sheila J. from May 21st, 2017, and it had to do with love and forgiveness. And one of the things that she said was she was talking about the story. I don't want my life to be about my story. I want my life to be about life. I want my life to be about service. And I want my life to be about what I can do for higher power and my fellows. Um, Maybe this is what I was born for. This was the, quote, greatness, unquote, that I was born for, was to be of service to people. I don't have to force them (laughs) to accept my service. But when I'm asked or when I think I can do something and it's welcomed, that I can do. Making phone calls, accepting phone calls, helping my family, my friends, helping program, doing service, speaking. I don't have anything special to say except that I feel blessed to be in this program, to have a sponsor like I do, to have a sponsee like I do. Oh, I learned so much. And I just, I guess, to round it out, at the end of my 11th step every night, it says, um, uh, but we must be careful not to drift into worry, remorse, or morbid reflection. My past is over. If I've learned something from it, that's great, but I learned so much more here spiritually than I ever did in my whole life, I think, or at least I'm learning it a whole lot faster. (laughs) Thank you so much, and I pass. Have a great day, everyone. Oh, thanks, Bruce. Okay, next up we have Sherry, followed by our dear friend in Nevada, (laughs) who I didn't catch your first name. Sherry, good morning. Morning. This is Sherry S. in Wisconsin, and I said my name twice, so that probably clarifies that for you. That means you get two um, shares. Oh, yes. <laughs> I should. Okay, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, so this is the first time I've ever shared on this meeting, so I'm a little nervous. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I've been in OA since 1996, um, and. I worked steps, but found out about a month ago that um, what entire abstinence actually means. So today I'm entirely abstinent for about 30-something days. Um, But, um, you know, I worked really hard to, to prove that I was worth something because I grew up in a way that I was taught that I wasn't. So I had to prove to them that I was smart and prove to the world that I could be somebody. Um, And I proved my way up to um, finding out how self-righteous I am in recently finishing my fourth and fifth step. Um, Boy, that's ugly. But I'm so grateful that um, I don't have to prove that anymore. I can turn to God and be humble because I feel very humble today learning all these glorious defects that I used used to um, live my life. And I never, ever wanted to be that person. And... Here I am. 
the good news is that I turn that over to God and work to have that removed and continue to work to have that to work on that defect and that is a beautiful feeling you know that I don't have to carry that with me that I have that realization and I can turn that over and when I feel irritable and discontent I can do it you know, coming up on doing 10 steps so I can get rid of that so I don't have to carry that feeling of inferiority around with me. Um, These steps are such a blessing and this new way of life that I'm finding is so miraculous. I didn't know it existed because I had been white knuckling it for years and this newfound freedom from the food I have has really opened my life to allowing God in. And I have an inner calmness and peace that I didn't know was possible. Um, So when I read Bill's story, boy, I do relate. And I never related to his recovery before because I wasn't entirely abstinent. And I didn't understand that. Today I do, and it's beautiful. And I thank all of you for being here and helping me, teachers. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Sherry. You didn't seem nervous to me. Okay, now, I don't know if we'll get through the next three um, folks here, but um, who's from Nevada that gave your name? It's your turn, Father. Good morning. This is Genoa V. Yeah, Genoa V, D-E-N-O-A-V from Nevada. V is in Victor. Um, thank you so much for allowing me to share, and thank you, everybody, for your service. And, yeah, I'm nervous, too. And I keep saying I'm going to get on this meeting and I'm going to share because I feel like I'm such a part of you guys because I listen every day, but then I feel like, what do I have to say? But anyway, um, I really relate to the ego um, in this paragraph, you know, and I was just sitting here reflecting on when I came to OA, and I remember uh, there was a, a little meeting at a church, and it had about three or four little old ladies in this meeting, and at one point they were discussing what they were going to read at the meeting, and I don't know why I said this, but I said, what about the big book? And they hadn't even heard of the big book, and I thought, what kind of Mickey Mouse operation is this that I'm coming to? And I came to OA with a huge ego because I came from AA, don't you know, the big program. So let's just see what you all are talking about here. Um, And I couldn't stop binging. I couldn't stop falling face down into the food. And I had this huge ego when I walked through the doors of OA. Um, I understand today that that was my protection. Um, I I just could not get honest about who I was. Um, And there's a fellow here that talks about getting to the right information. Um, I just wasn't getting to the right information either. Now, you know, uh, it's it's a riddle as to if I had gotten the right information, would I have been willing to follow that information? I I don't know that. I don't know that. I just know that, you know, I, I just had this huge ego. And for over 25 years, I fought with myself in OA, and there's a saying about recovery happens when opportunity meets willingness. Um, There were moments when I had opportunity, and I didn't have the willingness, and there were moments when I had willingness, but I just didn't have the opportunity, Um, whether it be because of the information I received, whatever it it was. Um, But, you know, the food 
is a great persuader. Um, and it beat me down enough that um, I, I'm so grateful that when COVID happened, um, I got to Zoom and I got to people who had the correct information and I was willing to hear that information because I was all out of answers. You know, 25 years just shows you what a huge ego I had. I knew, I knew what I needed to do. You know, if you all would just give me just this or that and then I'd get on out of here because I didn't want to hang out with you anyway. Um, but I'm so grateful today that I'm recovered um, and I have been restored to sanity. And as it talks about on page 85, I'm not fighting today. I'm not trying to avoid temptation. And I have been placed in a position of neutrality. I have a relationship with God that I never had before in all of my years in being in AA. And it's just amazing. I'm no longer blocked off from the sunlight of the spirit by food. You know, you guys teach me every day how to do that, work in 10 steps, do a nightly review. I'm so grateful. I'm truly, truly grateful to be a part of this thing today and a proud member of OA, and I'm shutting up. Thank you. Have a good day. Tanoa, <laughs> <laughs> if you don't share again, I'm flying my butt from Chicago to Nevada, and I'll track you down. Okay, um, Darian, I don't know if we'll make it to you. I'm so sorry, but let's, let's go to Rena. Rena, good morning. Rena, press star one. Ah, okay. I didn't realize I was unmuted. Thank you so much for your humorous, kind service, Larry. (laughs) A real pleasure to be on the meeting today. Um, Surprised I got the ability, the the possibility to share. Very thankful for that. Um, Yeah, this this really puts a finger on the problem that I have in much of my life. Um, I know I have a lot of skills. I don't imagine them. Some of them, definitely, I think I imagine, but I do have them, and I think I was worthy of. Um, leadership positions. And when I didn't get them, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to start my own business. And that's what I did. Um, I've had my successes, I've had my failures, but competence is no um, substitution for loneliness. And being in um, the presence of other people and being codependent and uh, trying to be in the right circles, none of that did anything for my loneliness. It just kind of magnified it. And at social events, I would end up hanging so much to the food in order to get through the loneliness. I wanted to connect with people, but it was difficult. I didn't want to seem needy. Um, Even though I was emotionally needy, I didn't want to appear that way. So I was standoffish and at the same time needy. So it was this egomaniac thing, but also this, you know, despairing loneliness that drove me to food and other addictions. But I thank God today that. Bright and early this morning when I first woke up, I did my first 10 steps. And um, today is an opportunity for me to live in the solution. Thank you, I pass. Uh, thank, thank you so much. I appreciate your share there. And, um, yeah, let's, let's, uh, that's a wrap for today. And so we are going to now thank you. First, thanks to everyone who participated today. Uh, please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study that immediately follows our closing. Let me give you the share ID for today's meeting. Uh, that number is 21,111. That's 21111. And we are going to close from a reading from the big book. Uh, it's on page 164. We'll follow that with the serenity prayer. And Vanessa G., uh, would you read uh, page 164 for us? I sure will. Thank you, Larry. 
Thank you, everyone, for an awesome meeting. This is Vanessa G., recovered in New Mexico. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you 